You're listening to a Westpac Wire podcast, westpacwire.com.au. I'm James Thornhill from Westpac Wire, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Westpac senior currency strategist Sean Callow to talk us through the prospects for the Australian dollar in the year ahead. Sean, thanks for being with us. Great to be with you, James. So over the course of 2023, the Aussie dollar trended somewhat weaker than the previous year, averaging out at around 66 cents to the US dollar, compared to above 69 cents in 2022. While interest rate differentials were the primary market driver, concerns over the Chinese economy, Australia's most important trading partner, also played a significant part. The Aussie did finish last year on a stronger note, although it's pulled back a little so far in 2024, largely on a reassessment of the interest rate picture in the US. So as the new year gets underway, Sean, how do you see the Aussie dollar position and what should investors be keeping an eye out for? Yes, well, as you mentioned, the Aussie has actually been very lively over the past few weeks. And it's really not about the domestic developments because, as we all know, it's things are pretty quiet on the economic front in uh, Australia in late late December into January. But those um, China's bubbling away in the background. But I'd say that the biggest swings were indeed on that US interest rate side. So uh, the markets uh, in December got what they took as a very dovish a common set of commentary from the FOMC meeting mid-December. Uh, the Jay Powell, the chair, said that they they had talked about uh, cutting rates, but not at that meeting, but that the discussion had come up. And so the markets got very excited about that. But since then, we've had um, really quite resilient numbers on the US economy. Uh, the, the job creation still pretty swift. The unemployment rate's still below 4%. And the inflation, it is coming down, but the the Fed still, it's still well above their their two percent target. So, so markets are more more mixed on on that, and the, so the U.S. yields have pushed up a, a bit. So, really, the attention um, look over the the next few weeks um, is very much on when will the Fed start cutting rates? Uh, they will this year, it seems certain. But uh, the March meeting is the main one that markets are looking at, and the pricing's about fifty fifty. And so, certainly, Aussie against the U.S. dollar in particular. We'll be watching that one very closely. Oh, yeah, clearly that Fed meeting is going to be key, but also, of course, people looking very closely at the RBA and what the next move will be there. It seems very finely balanced here. And um, when do Westpac economists think the RBA will be in a position to start cutting that cash rate? And how does that play into your analysis on the Australian dollar? Well, obviously, they did raise rates in November, and uh, we and uh, many others thought that that would be quite enough uh, for the Australian economy. And indeed, it does look as though rates are probably on hold for a while. So our base case is that uh, the cash rate is unchanged uh, until the second half of the year. So uh, so that's at the 4.35%. And so we're looking for a 50 basis points worth of easing in, in the second half. Uh, so uh, whether that's uh, September or, or where, where have you, depending on how the, the inflation's go, running. Uh, but yeah, 50 basis points. So compared to some of the other central banks, that's more modest. So that probably helps the Aussie a little bit if, if the RBA uh, is maybe not rushing to cut rates, um, uh, partly because the, the economy is, is still tracking okay in terms of growth. So, so that probably helps the, the Aussie somewhat. And um, if the Fed is more aggressive on cutting rates, then, then that'll, that'll help the Aussie dollar push higher. Now, as we've mentioned, China's economy is a key influencer also for the Aussie. How do you assess its prospects in the year ahead? Yeah, look, we're pretty upbeat in terms of overall growth for the for China's economy uh, as a house, but it's 
the, in, the question is whether investors really share that optimism and what sort of growth, how, how is growth being led? Um, what sort of damage is, uh, is potentially China's uh, uh, the, the export outlook likely to, to face from, say, a, a U.S. Fed? We've got an election year, um, China, U.S.-China trade relations very poor. Um, there maybe it seems to be a bit of a competition between who can be toughest on China from the U.S. point of view. So maybe that makes investors a little more wary on China. Uh, and obviously, the, uh, there's a lot of concern about their financial sector. So their property market's been uh, under stress for a number of years, big property developers under pressure, and their stock market too, uh, where, whereas uh, the Chinese tend to keep a lot more of their savings in housing relative to uh, the equity market, uh, it's still uh, significant enough for um, for policymakers to indicate concern. So Chinese stocks actually uh, hit five-year lows uh, during January, even as US stocks were hitting uh, record highs. So uh, that seems to be enough to have upset policymakers. And so they're, they've taken a number of steps in terms of um, talking about public support uh, uh, for the stock market, um, restricting um, short selling, all that, those sorts of things, some technical uh, steps, but uh, they are indicating that they're, that they're concerned, but that they're willing to take action. Although the Aussie did trend lower against the US currency last year, that weakness wasn't replicated everywhere. Um, for example, Aussie visitors to Japan will certainly find that their dollars are getting them good value against the yen. Is that likely to continue to be the case uh, in 2024? It does look that way. Certainly, we have heard from the Bank of Japan uh, already this year, they had a major meeting in January, and at that meeting, they updated their quarterly forecast, and they still don't think that they're on track to get inflation back to 2%. So, of course, again, as a reminder, the world has been fighting post-pandemic surge in inflation, uh, but Japan is still not convinced that uh, that inflation is on track sustainably to, to rise to 2% uh, target. So, because of that, they're keeping interest rates extremely low, and that does mean that the, the yen is, uh, is is very unattractive to foreign investors. So it's uh, it's weak um, uh, in in global terms, and that includes the Aussie. So it's been uh, trading around the 97, 98 yen per Aussie dollar, and you'll find that does buy you quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of holiday um, uh, enjoyment in in Japan for an Australian visitor. And uh, and what about other other key currencies? Um, for example, the, the euro and the British pound. What what are the Aussies' prospects against those crosses? Well, we saw some very wild swings for the Aussie against the euro uh, uh, a couple of years ago now, really, uh, almost with uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So that was the energy story. So a big surge in energy prices. Um, that's really unwound for the most part. Uh, the the eurozone uh, Europeans in general have been making themselves less reliant on their their energy imports from uh, from Russia. Uh, so that that's sort of on on the back burner there. Uh, now it's more a focus of uh, the the sluggishness of the eurozone economy. So it really is grinding along about zero. So it's, it's pretty flat, teetering on the, uh, a shallow recession. So with that in mind, and with inflation having come back quite a way, uh, the the euro is probably um, going to underperform a little bit. So markets think that uh, that the ECB could um, cut uh, at least at least 140 basis points uh, over the course of this year, and that's from a starting point of 4%. So that would leave uh, yields pretty low in the ECB. If that's the case, um, th then that would be supportive for the Aussie dollar. Bank of England 
England a little bit different. Inflation's been stickier. We've still got some of the, the Bank of England members who have been talking about yet another rate hike, even though they're already at five and a quarter percent. But with the economy, yeah, it's sluggish. It's doing a bit better than the eurozone, but it's still um, still struggling. Um, so the markets do expect that there will be at least a hundred basis points of easing there. But for the most part, um, just as far as those trends, it does look as though the Aussie will probably hold up a bit better against the euro, but probably remain um, on the weak side against the pound. Now, finally, let's turn our attention across the Tasman and what's your outlook for the New Zealand dollar in the months ahead. Well, it's been very volatile as usual in terms of uh, surprises on the interest rate side, but uh, recent trading uh, around 108 or a little bit below. Uh, where we think that the, it's probably trending uh, a little higher, uh, given that um, while the RBNZ cash rate is uh, clearly higher than Australia's at 5.5%. And that doesn't sound as though from their rhetoric that they're in a rush to to cut their cash rate. Uh, the Aussie dollar does have other factors that are very supportive for it. Uh, it Australia's running large trade surpluses still uh, in contrast to New Zealand's trade deficits. Uh, Australia's fiscal position is stronger as well at this point. Obviously, it helps when you've got um, the strong mining receipts, but Australia uh, has been printing surpluses, so that's a, a positive. And in terms of the growth, uh, growth outlook for the year ahead, it looks as though our baseline for New Zealand is that their economy only grows 0.3% over 2024, uh, whereas Australia, uh, we see that at 1.6%. So there is quite a growth gap there. So that, uh, to us, that suggests that, uh, that the Aussie could rise against the Kiwi. It sounds like it might be a good time to plan a trip uh, to New Zealand. Uh, Sean, thanks for your insights today. You're welcome, James. That's all from us today at Westpac Wire. For more, head to westpacwire.com.au.